0: Today on Drawing Near, we begin to hear the closing words of the revelation of Jesus Christ. It should be noted that these are the closing words of God's biblical revelation. This is the last book of the Bible. Nothing is to be added and nothing taken away. John, exiled on the island of Patmos for the testimony of Jesus Christ, has borne witness to this revelation, and now he receives the final words. So I encourage you to take your Bible and turn to the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 22, and join me for Worship God. Before we read these words, let's pray together. And Father in heaven, we thank you that you are our Father and that you make yourself known to us. We thank you for the amazing things that we have seen. We thank you for John's witness, and not only John's, but our witness as well because we have seen these things, and now we are responsible to not only believe these things, but to share them as well. We are your modern-day witnesses. Father, give us the strength to understand, to think through these things, and to be able to articulate them to those who will listen. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In our last study, we took a look at the closing words regarding the new Jerusalem. We saw the pure river of water of life, the trees of life, and it is amazing to know the security that we will have with the Lord for all eternity. God is a God of life, and regardless of what the world says, He is a God who can be trusted and believed. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 6, we read these words, Then He said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. This verse emphasizes what we saw at the very beginning of our study. God's revelation to us is faithful and true. He is emphasizing this fact for us so that we might trust in all that he says. Everything that we are told from Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, all the way to the end of this marvelous letter, it's true, it's faithful, it can be trusted. And it was the Lord God Himself who sent His angel to show us, His servants, the things that must shortly take place. Now, when we see the word shortly there, it might seem to us it's taking a long time for all of this to come to pass. But remember, God is patient. God is patiently waiting for lost people to be saved. That's the only thing that's holding all of this back. In verse 7, we're told, Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now, in the translation that I'm reading from, these words are in red, which means they're attributed to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not told that Jesus is saying them. But we're assuming because of the phrase, I am coming quickly, referring to the second coming of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the one who is talking. And so we see in verse 7 Behold, look, it's as if a curtain is being pulled back. Behold, I am coming quickly. Jesus is going to return. He's going to return soon, and he's going to return suddenly. He's going to catch the world by surprise, off guard but he should never catch his people off guard. He is going to come like a thief in the night, but we know he's coming. We should be watching and waiting. Then we're told at the last part of verse 7, blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. You want a blessing? We seem to want to be blessed for a lot of different things. Jesus tells us that the person who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book is blessed. I believe when he says keeps, he's talking about keeps them in their heart, believes them, and obeys all of the instructions we have received throughout this book. And if you'll recall, the church in the first few chapters received instructions. Believers have received instructions to persevere, to continue on, to believe God, to be faithful. I also believe that part of this is a reminder that we are to believe the entire teaching of God's word. We are to believe it and keep it. Remember in the Great Commission, we are told not only to go into all the world, make disciples, and to baptize, but we are also to teach those disciples to observe all things whatsoever the Lord Jesus has commanded us. It is an integral part of God's word that the servants of Jesus Christ keep the word of Christ. In verse 8, John tells us, Now I, John, Saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Do you remember all the way back in chapter 1, the first few verses? We were told in verse 1 of chapter 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him, Jesus, to show his servants, us, the things which must shortly take place. We just read those same words in Revelation twenty-two six, and then we're told, "And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ." The angel that John is referring to in chapter twenty-two is this angel, the angel the Lord Jesus sent to John to show him all of these things. After John has witnessed all of these things, his response is worship. He immediately falls down and worships at the feet of this messenger. How many times have you been so amazed, so overcome with an experience that you fell down on your face, that you fell down to worship the messenger or the one who showed you whatever it is that you saw or experienced? That's what John does. He is overcome, overwhelmed by all that he sees And he falls down before this messenger, this angel who had showed him all of these things. Verse 9 Then he said to me, This angel, see that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book, worship God. The word angel, or angelos in the Greek, simply means messenger. Sometimes it refers to a supernatural messenger what we typically think of as an angel. But at other times, it's just another person who delivers a message on behalf of God. If you recall, when Jesus was talking to the seven churches, he told John to write to the angel of the church. Those angels were the pastors, the shepherds, the caretakers. The one who had delivered all of these words and all of these visions to John was a fellow servant. He was of your brethren, the prophets. In other words, he was a man. He was somebody who had walked this earth and prophesied on behalf of the Lord God. And then he says, worship God. If we take nothing else away from this book, we ought to take that away. We ought to take away the fact that there is a God. He has made himself known, his revelation known to us. He has given us encouragement, instruction, and warnings about what is to come. We are to worship him. He is worthy of worship. We have seen heavenly hosts break out into worship numerous times through this book. We need to worship God and worship God alone. We worship none other. We bow our knee, we bow our heart, we bow our head to no substance, to no person, to no thing. Then this angel, this prophet, in verse 10 says, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. In other words, don't seal this away. Don't close it off. The time is at hand. It's going to happen. All the things leading up to what is necessary here is at hand. The Lord Jesus Christ has come. He's died on the cross. He was buried. He resurrected. He's ascended into heaven. God has revealed his will and his word through the New Testament. The church has been established. The time is at hand. In verse 11, we're told, He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy, let him be holy still. These words do not describe the behavior of people. Rather, their imperatives, their commands, their declarations. And what we're told here is, That which was sealed has been unsealed. The prophecy is open and visible. So, we are responsible. We're responsible to hear and to believe and to worship God. If you want to be unjust, be unjust. If you want to be filthy, be filthy, but understand you will suffer the consequences. If you have accepted Jesus Christ and his call to righteousness, be righteous. If you have accepted the call to live holy and be holy as our Lord God is holy, then be holy, and you will be saved receive a blessing and great reward. We are responsible for what we do with these words, and that is clearly indicated by what we're told in verse 11. But notice, you're either unjust and filthy, or you're righteous and holy. There's no in-between. There's no saved person who is unjust and filthy, nor is there a lost person who is righteous and holy. We, by faith, trust Jesus Christ. And when we trust Jesus Christ, it's not just for our salvation, but we trust everything about Jesus, his entire revelation of God, of the future, of our salvation, of himself, and in trusting him, we follow and serve him. Being a Christian means we give ourselves over to Christ. Paul says, I am not my own. I have been bought with a price. We are servants. We are slaves of the Most High God we respond to the call of God to repent and follow Jesus by faith. Father in heaven, I thank you for your great salvation, for your mercy and grace that redeems lost sinners, rebellious sinners, unworthy sinners. You redeem us to be your servants, to be your children. Father, we thank you for this, and we pray, Father, that you will help us to live righteously and holy before you to worship you with all of our hearts. Help us to grow into the likeness of Christ day by day. Help us also to be faithful witnesses and to testify to all that we have seen and heard. Father, continue to patiently save others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.